Hello, and welcome to the fourth episode of my podcast, Me, Myself and Isla, Lifting the Lid on Loneliness. Laura Antonia Jordan is the Fashion and Lifestyles Features Director at Grazia, and anyone who knows me know it's my favourite ever magazine. It is not a Tuesday without me having a copy of this. So I was over the moon, completely over the moon, when she agreed to join me on my podcast. I approached Laura on Instagram after reading an incredible article that she wrote about loneliness and lockdown. I honestly felt every single word she said, and it turns out I wasn't alone because it was one of her most read articles to date. I also watched a short clip of a Zoom call she shared where she talks about loneliness and calls it her favourite unsexy subject. She chose to talk about it because it doesn't get talked about enough, and that became one of my main reasons for starting this podcast. I sent Laura a DM and I couldn't believe my luck when she replied and with utter kindness given that I was a complete stranger and hadn't even started this podcast yet. I think I remember telling her I had no followers and nothing to give her but she had such important things to say that I'd love the chance to chat. We spent the next wee while trying to sort out a suitable time to chat as Laura jetted around the world for each of the fashion weeks. That last bit's important because if someone who is kind, cool and sassy like Laura can also talk openly about loneliness then I think we all can, and we don't need to be embarrassed. Laura speaks so wisely, and with an incredible self-awareness throughout this whole chat, but that only helps to highlight that I'm a little starstruck at times. But I don't care. I bloody loved every minute of this podcast. I still can't believe it happened, and I hope you love it too. Okay. Welcome to what will be the fourth edition of Me, Myself and Isla, and I am over the moon and fangirling and a bit nervous to be welcoming Laura Antonia Jordan, who is the Fashion and Lifestyles Features Director at my favourite magazine in the world ever, Grazia, and is going to be joining us today. Laura, hello, welcome. Hello, thank you so much for having me. I'm honoured to be asked. I, you, I, I can already tell you're going to be one of the nicest people I've ever met. Um, I'll go into how I approached you, but I, I read um, an article that Laura had written um, last year, and I think I've kind of followed you on Instagram and things ever since. But when I finally messaged you out of the blue, just a DM on Instagram, you're just this ray of sunshine in messages. Like, of course, I'd be honoured to help you out. So thank you. I, I just did not expect that kind of response from you. Oh, really I think painful. absolutely. Manners are free. And I was touched that it resonated with you. And funnily enough, it is the piece I've written when I've had most people message me about. I can imagine, actually. I'm going to ask about that as well as we go along, because I can only imagine how much um, feedback you've had. So um, I need to tell you that I am definitely fangirling because Grazia has been my favourite magazine for, I'm sure, 20 years. I feel like Tuesdays are not a Tuesday without Grazia. And I know it's obviously <laughs> every two weeks now. Um, but grazie for life with me um, but really also um, because you did write a standout article for me in lockdown I think it was January 2021 that you wrote an article on feeling loneliness and for me as someone who is single and lives on their own through a lockdown I honestly and I know people use this word a lot but it's real it's it's the right word for us I felt seen for the first time um, and I can't thank you enough for writing that article Laura it was awesome Well, that's exactly why I wanted to write it, because um, I I thought that probably I wouldn't be the only person that felt like that. And I also know that people in my personal life who I'd expressed how I was feeling were quite mystified by it because I wouldn't particularly look like I was feeling that. But it was something that I felt really 
um, intensely, but it took me a while to sort of, uh, I suppose, have the guts to admit that that was how I was feeling because, you know, I'm quite an open book about a lot of things. I've spoken very frankly about problems with drink and drugs or um, I'm sober now, but like depression, heartbreak, all these things that, and like that felt really awkward to um, admit to because it felt sort of um, a bit cringe, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, I get it. And it felt like a personal failing. Yeah. Something, you know, that I'd done wrong. So, yeah. It's so weird like that. It is like, I, in no particular order, but I felt a bit lonely at Christmas and that's kind of what spurred me on to do this. But a lot of what I've done is inspired by how honest you've spoken about um, feeling lonely. And I love that one time you called it a boring, unsexy taboo, but I feel like you maybe also called it your favourite dirty word at one point as well. I'm not sure if you did that. <laughs> I love that you did because it's the weirdest feeling to admit that you're lonely you do feel like you fail like you do and you of all people I would imagine on the surface you, know, you have an incredible job you work in an industry you must always be busy um and f- uh, for me actually for you to admit it, I was like oh god that's okay then like actually I don't have to be ashamed because it re- it's real feeling of shame I had for feeling lonely um and if you made me feel like that I bet you will have made so many people feel like that yeah look I just I feel like there's something sort of slightly like repellent about loneliness and what I worry is it's like when someone's desperate right for Mm. a a relationship say and you can kind of oh they're like the harder they push like (laughs) and you can see it right (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it has been me definitely at certain times in my life but you know how you can just sort of see it and sense it and like I feel like the almost like sometimes the lonelier you get, you can sort of get kind of bitter with it or sort of fearful of people. And like I feel like it sort of self-perpetuates mm-hmm. in that way, you know? Yeah. The more, you, the lonelier you feel, that it's almost like in a way the less inclined other people are to be around you or the less inclined you are to make approaches that to do things that would soothe that feeling yeah it's weird I I think I remember feeling something like that myself I was like nervous I did end up reaching out to my friends and family and telling them how I was feeling first I was a bit resentful I'm like why is no one checking in on me why do Mm -hmm. I feel like this and why is no one asking me and it's because they would never have dreamed I imagine but yeah I mean I think it's one of those things that's actually hard to for your loved ones to hear because yeah uh, you know, I don't have any shortage of love in my life and of people in my life. And, uh, you know, lots of people want to just tell you, well, you can't be because you've got X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's just an emotional state that mm-hmm. you can't necessarily always, you can do things to, you know, to remedy it. You can do practical things to remedy it. But... I think say to me it is also not to be too pretentious about it like quite an existential feeling that I think has probably been with me mm-hmm. since childhood and also through relationships of varying lengths and uh success <laughs> <laughs> uh you know living with partners or whatever it is it's always kind of been there I think what and that's, you know, I am one of those people. I'm a super sensitive person. It's my biggest strength and my biggest weakness. But it, I feel like it was all exacerbated by lockdowns. 
and my circumstances essentially within that yeah I agree with you it's funny that you speak about and I know that's not necessarily what we're here to talk about but the conversation is going to go where it goes I think I always think that being super sensitive is my superpower as well but bloody hell it makes life so difficult sometimes I know I will literally cry every day yeah uh, it's so but it lets you empathize I think as well and it's probably why your article is so good because you wrote it so from the heart and you connected with people and I for me actually because I guess I I support with a mental health charity my part-time as well and I I talk to counselors quite a lot but for me you talk like someone with such a vast amount of experience of mental health I don't know if it's just because you have an interest in it or or what but you've really seemed to have a you you just talked so well about it well thank you that's really like a massive compliment um I would say I'm very yeah as I said I'm just I'm like highly sensitive and I always have been Mm -hmm. so I've always been like very and I just don't find anything as more more interesting to talk about than feelings (laughs) frankly yeah um and relationships in all their myriad forms that they come in that's what I love to talk about or write about you know really more than anything else and even my my, my usual beat if you like is fashion but what my I would say niche within that is I love what clothes say about people you mm-hmm. know their interior lives we're all reflecting something I'm reflecting something that I didn't get up that long ago <laughs> which is quite out of character <laughs> but, but for and that's how I was from an early age and I was also like a big storyteller and a big reader and I had a very sort of uh, open family for talking about that stuff mm-hmm. and then in my teen years um I had I had an eating disorder so I I started um uh, you know I was doing therapy quite young essentially mm-hmm. for that then as I told you I had a problem with drink and drugs etc so I've been in recovery for that for over six years and you know I do therapy twice a week at the moment mm-hmm. so I'm sort of very uh and I do loads of woo woo stuff as well like I'm sort of I'm very just very at ease talking about it I don't necessarily feel I need to publish like by biographical details names dates etc that I might have felt in this slightly confessional way when I was younger but uh yeah I think it does help you know yeah I agree with you. I'm definitely, I'm seeing a counsellor just now on a weekly basis as well. I, I think just for the past six weeks or so, I went probably around about this time last year and then I started going again this year just to talk. Sometimes like the power of actually talking about stuff is just so huge. Mm-hmm. And there's so many people in my life that I wish could go or would go and um, that don't necessarily feel like it would do them any kind of good at all. And I just like, oh my God, talking to someone, if you find the right person is, really helps you look at yourself and make sense of things and even just someone listening sometimes actually yeah definitely it's a very it's a you know that's a very generous gift you can give friends I think as well and obviously you're not it's not that you're not professional uh in the way that a therapist or a counselor or Mm -hmm. a psychologist are but a doctor even for that matter but you just letting someone uh taking their taking what they're feeling seriously Mm -hmm. and not just telling people to snap out of it, (laughs) just move on, et cetera. Like, you know, everyone deals with stuff in such enormously different ways. And I think that's what makes life so interesting. But sometimes you don't need to give a solution, you just need to listen. 
Yeah, and I can be quite bad at that actually for trying to give the solution. I'm working on it because you do, you want to help people. But actually, just listening and taking it in and letting someone know that you kind of hear them is way more useful, I have learned. Yeah, I mean, we talk a lot, right, about, we, we were talking about it earlier, being seen, but sometimes you just yeah. need to feel heard. Yeah. Well, your article, for anyone that hasn't read it, it really was, I mean, I'm sorry you had to write it, but it was such a great article and it was just talking about your experiences of lockdown. And I think you gave an example of going for bagels and then crying. And it was because actually, wouldn't it have been nice to be going somewhere to share those bagels with, but you weren't. And it was just such a weird time. Like I can imagine you, I mean, I, I don't want to cast aspersions. You seem like a very social person. You have a busy job, crazy job. It must have been difficult going into that and seeing no one and not being allowed to see anyone. It, well, you know what the mad thing is? Like, <laughs> I didn't uh, actually think that it would be that difficult because I actually love my time mm -hmm. on my own. Like, one of, you know, I wrote actually something earlier in the pandemic about, live, you know, single people in the pandemic and living um, alone. I said before it sort of, uh, those more acute feelings came through, but I, I didn't think it would be such a challenge because I love an early night. I love, uh, you know, I love just spending time alone. Like, but not the thing is like on my own terms yeah. and also in the context of a really busy life. Yeah. And it was, I'd say it was really hard. I did feel like I'd gone insane, uh, at one point you know I did ask my therapist that have I gone mad I was like I was just so like yeah and um I'd say it was exacerbated by external factors um like my brother-in-law died in 2019 who I loved like a brother oh, I'm really sorry yeah it was all it changed me like uh rocked me to the core you know I think about him all the time still obviously and and then I fell in love with someone that didn't work out and it happened in that happened in lockdown you know so there were I would say exacerbating yeah factors but also that didn't help because my sort of beginning to it had been this kind of giddy like sort of precious little thing that mm -hmm. I thought was happening that <laughs> didn't <laughs> and uh everything just suddenly yeah I just felt incredibly isolated, like not just physically, but um, emotionally. And, you know, in a way the, that year was harder for me than when Cam died, which was, as I said, 2019. So really like shortly before the pandemic, because grief is a lonely feeling, but you also in the early days of it, and when you're going through something, people really make an effort to like rally around you. Yeah. If you're lucky, as I am with my friends and, and uh, colleagues and family. And then suddenly, you know, I had to sit with that as well on my own. Um, I'd say it was probably like, you know, a delayed response in some ways. But I'll also just add that I do feel lucky in that the real that moment when I pitched that article which sort of came about slightly accidentally sort of aware that like my loneliness was also quite functional like it was circumstantial mm -hmm. 
my whole life had essentially changed mm-hmm. um, overnight. And I was just tired, you know? And yeah, it was just, as I said, like, you know, I'm probably slightly contradicting myself. It is something that I think has always been in me. I would say, you know, I'm a slightly melancholy person, um, but I'm also quite a silly person as well. Like, you know, I I think we can be all sorts of complicated, contradictory things, but you know, as I said, that loneliness has always been there, but it was exacerbated by circumstances. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And what, because I think I saw at the end of the article that I think you'd maybe made a reference to perhaps you were writing this to help make sense of your own situation and these feelings that you were feeling and things like what kind of response did you get to it? Did that help at all actually hearing what other people had to say? Uh, yeah, definitely. Look, it really helped that so many people reached out to me more than anything I've ever written before, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, people continue to reach out to me mm-hmm. in that I feel that they're still like Googling it or uh, happening upon it, you know. Mm-hmm. So that really meant a lot. It did sort of, you know. That's why I did it. I thought there was at least going to be one other person that feels like that. And I'm sure we're not all freaks. <laughs> you know? And like other people that have said it to me as well, like in all sorts of circumstances and setups, yeah. have said exactly yeah. the same thing. That's it. You're totally right. Because it's definitely not just people that are on our own. I was really glad when you wrote the article because I felt it was a time where less but there wasn't really anyone that had spoken about being lonely in the pandemic because they were on their own and um, but I was also aware at all times that actually if you were in a bad relationship and you were stuck in the house with someone like that that would be a truly lonely feeling being stuck there or people that were trapped in households for whatever reason that they couldn't get out of at the time there must have just been so many different types of loneliness as a result and in a way I tried to think that maybe I was quite lucky on mine because at least I quite like me. So if it was just me, me and me for a while. <laughs> yeah. And at least if there's a reason for it, right? Like you're, yeah, you're feeling yeah. lonely because you are on your own. Yeah. And um, I feel like the quite sort of fashionable thing to say, which I don't disagree with, is that, oh, you can be lonely in a crowd. Yeah. Absolutely. We've all been there. I do not disagree mm-hmm. with that. But I also think, being on your own for a long time if you it's not out of choice yeah that was the thing right yeah um but yeah I've 100% been in like relationships where I mean I've been in terrible relationships so I felt very lonely but Mm -hmm. uh and I could leave the house so (laughs) god I don't you know and I've also just you know I thought back of like uh, when it's sort of house shares of my 20s and when that had really passed its sell-by date but I hadn't got my act together to live in a more grown-up setup at that point and it felt that felt very lonely and a different kind of like um that gave me a different kind of anxiety actually yeah. I love getting home at night turning the key and not having to be like oh, shit so-and-so's in you yeah know? I, yeah I know that now now that we've got the choice again, I absolutely love coming home because it's like work is so busy. I feel like I'm just like one thing to the next thing to the next thing. I'm talking to the wrong person here who's just back from all the fashion weeks. And um, but now I absolutely love being able to come home on my own again. And um, but when it's a choice, like you say. And so I have a question for you actually because 
I think around about the time where I felt lonely, I think I'd actually got out of the way of trying to make plans. And I thought that maybe it's a weird thing, but I kind of thought, oh, well, life's moved on and nobody will want to make plans with me anymore. And I was wrong, but I, 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 I was out of the way of trying to do stuff again and filling my diary. And I just wanted people to come to me and I've worked through that. But like, have you found it difficult getting back out there again after lockdown? Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, like, I mean, I do think that like what we've all been through is enormous trauma and mm. also enormously strange, you know, you know, when people comparing it to uh, like the war or something and but they mm. were told to like unite and we were actually told to like divide and, yeah. you know, and uh that is enormously strange and I think it's done all sorts of lonely or not I think I don't think anyone's got away scot-free yeah, maybe I like agree. if you just got together with someone and you know <laughs> that's the only person you want to be with but and like you could live in a little bubble in that sense but yeah I mean it is hard and relationships have changed as well right yeah I mean yeah. I'm sure a lot of people as I have I've realized who some really important people are mm -hmm. in my life people that really showed up frankly mm -hmm. and they're not necessarily the people that I've known the longest mm -hmm. and would have thought before that I'd known the best and then others that have just kind of vanished and I feel like it's sort of pressed fast forward on a few of those things for people yeah, I agree with you. I feel like you wrote an article on that as well. And that's the one that I wanted to read before I had time, before we spoke today, but I ran out of time. But it's true. I feel like it did it heightened things, the pandemic. Um, but for sure, I have made friends out of it. I've made friends that I've still never met on anything other than a Zoom call. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was the, the piece that I wrote with one of my best friends, Jess Barrett, who I'm actually going to see next week. And we met um, through work and we I met her when Cam was dying actually and she had lost people before so we felt this kind of kinship but we're also she's also just one of the funniest and kindest people that I know and yeah so we had to carry out a lot of our a lot of our friendship to date has played out on zoom and facetime and whatsapp group with my sister who lives in New Zealand which is another thing, right? My family were not around. Yeah, that's hard. So where, where are your family all in New Zealand? No, my sister's in, in Wellington and my parents are about an hour and a half away and I could have gone and stayed there, but because I know that I turn into an absolute like teenage goblin when I'm <laughs> through the door, when about five minutes of setting, stepping through the door, I thought, no, <laughs> you're all right. <laughs> It's funny that you say that. I do the same. I, I feel I'm the same as you. My mum and dad, I am blessed. I, I do not want to sound like an American, but I am truly blessed that my mum and dad, they're amazing. They would move mountains for me. And I remember them saying right at the very start of lockdown, come on, live with us. Come on, live with us. And I was like, I love you both. I don't know how that will go. But I do remember in that very first week or so, I felt like I had to make this decision, right? Am I going to stay on my own and I'm not going to see anyone for however long? Or do I go and live with my mum and dad because I don't know what's coming up? And it was a weird, I, I wasn't equipped to make a decision about social interactions for the next few months, but I chose to stay on my own again as well. Yeah, I mean, Please? I love them, but no. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> night. I'm seeing we are going away for a couple of nights this week. So, oh, where are you but going? yeah, we're going to Somerset. Oh, how nice! Yeah, and actually, that's somewhere that I go a lot. And I booked a farmhouse recently uh, in November for some of my dearest friends just to say thank you because some of them had really, really shown up for me in the last couple of years. That's a really nice thing to do. Well, I feel like I feel like friendship is so important, and I find it incredibly strange that it doesn't get that it's sort of a second gets treated like a second tier and like very um, replaceable relationship. But mm -hmm. what could be more actually romantic than a friendship? Yeah, uh, you know, because there's nothing literally nothing that makes a friendship work apart from a mutual desire to make it work yeah you're usually not involved in business together okay fine i have got friends that i've had sex with but you know generally it's not muddied by that mm -hmm. uh you know it's not you don't sign a contract to make it formal like i think that's so beautiful and i will go on and on and on and on until the day i die about how beautiful friendships could be yeah. It's Although, really I mean, I did write in that. That's why I hate the term friend zoning. Yeah. Because yeah. the implication is that it's like, oh, I just see you as a friend. And it's like, <laughs> I've got news for you. Maybe uh, <laughs> you're not worthy of being my friend. Maybe I just wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> you. <laughs> okay. I've got news for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, I just find it sort of, yeah, but there you go. <laughs> it's just a personal uh, diversion. <laughs> Make a mental note to say that next time someone says that to me. <laughs> <laughs> and so how are you feeling now? Like, how is your world just now? Uh, I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm very tired and I feel an enormous sense of stuck for a variety of reasons mm -hmm. at the moment. However, I think I have done my best to look after myself yeah. in the last couple of years. Like I really have tried mm -hmm. and that has helped. And I actually feel like, you know, I saw some really good girlfriends last night. We were in Primrose Hill and I felt like a slight sense of like hope and promise again that I hadn't felt in a long time. Oh, that's a good feeling. Yeah. And not in a sort of like, you know, oh, yeah, like I'm going to win the lottery. I mean, it'd be hard because I don't play the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, whatever it is, the, you, what your, whatever your personal lottery is. But I did for the first time just feel this slight sense of promise. And my sister's just had um, a baby. So oh, I'm looking forward to meeting him because he literally couldn't be further away. Oh, will you, will you get over to see them or will they, do they plan to come here or just? Well, this is the thing, right? They've only just opened the borders. And, yeah, of course. Uh, you so, you know, when we talk about is everything back to normal? Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. <laughs> it's quite weird hearing you talk like that, because obviously we're up in Scotland and wherever your politics lie, we're definitely further behind with you guys and we're kind of led to believe that you guys are all skipping around now and there's no masks everything's fine there's, there's and we're kind of stuck up here still masks still whatever but you forget that actually the master it's and I think what you're saying is like it's like 
mentally we're all still probably where we were a year ago we're all still wired to be wary of going out or not make plans or too far in the future yet or oh my goodness Ola absolutely because I think I, anything I have to look for right my dad would always say you can swim an ocean if you have like little islands to swim to you know mm -hmm. I love the sound of your dad by the way uh I love my dad he's he's my hero and he honestly thinks the reason that I'm single is because I'm too beautiful <laughs> oh, I agree with him I think I love that That's I'm so sure cool. it's that that's men so are just cool. intimidated um but uh yeah <laughs> god bless him yeah, i think it's true <laughs> <laughs> and you <laughs> um no i think like if we said tomorrow oh everything's um, back to complete normal uh it's it disappeared we don't know how it's happened medical miracles covid's gone uh everything's back to normal I don't think it would be normal. And mm -hmm. I'm not talking about the fact that people say like, for instance, I think masks will be um, a necessity on a plane for a long time. Like, I don't really care about those different details. I just think that most of us have been through this like <laughs> quite um, incredibly strange and very quite traumatic experience. Yeah. Agreed. And I think I have almost a head start on everyone because I went through that incredible grief. Everything changed the year before. And I know that it doesn't just, those feelings don't just vanish, you know? And I don't say that to be negative. I say it to like, often to reassure myself with people mm -hmm. and also to hopefully reassure some of them because it's a reminder that, you know, the lifting of restrictions doesn't necessarily mean that everything defaults to as it was before. Mm -hmm. You know, I just think that's kind of, that's quite impossible, yeah. really. And I think well, mostly things will return mm -hmm. to as they were before, but I think it takes time and yeah. I'm quite good at, you know, I, I sort of, one of my best friends, Lucy, I, you know, credit her with really picking me up from some dark times several times. And I was asking her why I couldn't get over something, a heartbreak. And I remember that she was said to me once, like, just like allow yourself to be sad. Just, yeah, just allow it. And I think there's like a real, that's a very generous thing that yeah. one can do for oneself. And I'm not, for me, I definitely, I don't feel like the person that I was a year ago, which is like a good thing. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that there's not feelings of like, you know, very similar feelings to, to grief, mm -hmm. actually, in yeah. that sort, which I don't really see grief as an emotion so much as like an absolute clusterfuck of different yeah. emotions. You know, it doesn't necessarily come in, in stages as we're told. Um, but I feel much more like the old Laura now. I mean, look, the fact that tonight, I think I'm probably gonna stay and watch a film and eat one maybe two packs of mini eggs <laughs> yeah uh says that you know going for dinner at 8 30 are you insane <laughs> <laughs> that's it the night i had last night to be honest <laughs> yeah and you mentioned something um a minute ago which i think might be helpful if anyone well, i know it will be helpful you mentioned that you feel like you've done a good job of looking after yourself these past two years like what sort of things did you do to look after yourself 
um, specifically in relation to loneliness or yeah, just in general? Yeah, or anything, but yeah, you, anything that ties in. Uh, well, as I said, I do therapy twice a week, mm -hmm. which is like a luxury, but also a complete necessity. Yeah. Um, actually, I moved to a flat as well that I love so much more than where I was before. I think your living space is so yeah important and not everyone I'm aware that that's a privilege and I sometimes think when I look around I'm like you'd the the you in your early 20s would have looked at the you now and have been quite chuffed and impressed but I mean for me getting outside you know and also I guess I had lonely times and really ducks and sad times in my 20s but mm -hmm. I made all that worse with chemical substances mm -hmm. so I'm so so you know I feel like that's given me a basis as well yeah but uh I getting outside even yeah. if I don't want to even if it's like um you know walking out I, I would say I'm um I don't know if you have gales in Scotland, but I would say I'm, I'm a regular. I can ask for the usual, which is my oat latte. <laughs> you know, but even if it was just walking, everyone's like, oh, you drink too much coffee. But I'm like, even if it was just getting out to go and get that coffee and come back. Yeah. See, like, you, you just reminded me of something, actually, something else that you said. Sorry to butt in, but it ties in with that. I remember you saying something in your article about the small social interactions all of a sudden making the really big ones. So like talking to your neighbor in the stairs and um, going for a coffee, the person in the shop, all of a sudden these were really important parts of your day. And I think you said about a caffeine shot um, of <laughs> basically quoting your whole article here, but I took so many notes. I loved it so much. Basically those little interactions became like a sort of a caffeine shot. And like, I got that. Like I, that's how I felt. Yeah, because we think about it, right? This is what I think is quite interesting is that we think about it, it's like, oh, as if you're, um, it, it's a lot to put on a prospective like partner or kids or even your friends and or your parents to be like, they will soothe my loneliness. What we actually really lost, anyone that was already in your life probably was, it was harder, but they were still there in, yeah. in some capacity. But it was all those like tiny little distractions, I think, yeah. Yeah. that were gone. You know, just the general like hustle and bustle and the, and the sort of quiet. I think those things matter. Yeah. And like I said earlier, I'm fascinated by like relationships in all their like crazy different mm -hmm. forms and shapes and how long they come in and how they, how they, you know, morph into different things and they, they, come in hard and then they burn out and some last you know and like actually those tiny little relationships also matter yeah and yeah I would you know I'm very um familiar with Sunil and Ankit from the corner shop now but they <laughs> that is also because I have a, a vape <laughs> so I, I you know I have to go out just to top that up <laughs> <laughs> I made friends with actually I made quite a few friends I, I ran quite a lot in lockdown because that was like I like running anyway it's good for my mental health but it was like I'm gonna fucking say hi to every single person I meet and I'm gonna look at them in the eye and I'm not letting anyone pass and it was amazing I would go out sometimes because work was stressy because I work in marketing events and how do you run them in a lockdown so it was having to rethink absolutely everything and some days I would go out close to tears but I would 
see people and they would say hi back. And in a particular run on a Saturday morning, if I got up early enough, at those times I was getting up about eight in the morning to head out. And I saw the exact same people every single Saturday for about five months. And it was amazing. Mm. There was two women that walked their dog. There was a man who I later found out his name was Jim. There was another man who was always um, visiting his dad in sheltered accommodation, just stood at the end of the path. Like they became my friends, this whole circuit of people. And it was yeah. an eight mile run, but it was just the same kind of people that I was seeing every single, well, almost every single week. Yeah, exactly. You know, community sort of, I think, matters. Yeah. And yeah, I wonder if I ever would have got to know my next door neighbour, Clive, if it hadn't been for a lockdown, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't take any of those relationships from the last couple of years for granted. I don't sort of see it in a, it's not a league table of importance. It just sort of all kind of feeds in. Yeah. Everyone's got their yeah, absolutely. But yeah, that's true. I miss those tiny interactions. But yeah, you mentioned running. Um, that's something that I do as well. Again, mm. my yeah, my dad, bless him, goes every single day and he has to for his mental health, he says. So it is very important. And then I think sometimes, well, reaching out, talking, but it's hard to stop me talking about stuff like this. I've not rarely, ever really had like a game face, you know, around emotions. <laughs> Um, I, I can't either. It's funny. Well, yeah. I think we're supposed to be friends. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think we're supposed <laughs> to be friends. I'm the same. Once I feel it, it's like, this has to come out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't, I cannot. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there. I suppose oh, it's just, you know, whatever works for you. I think we find as we get older, we do find more and more the things that work for us. And I had a really sweet um, WhatsApp group and a kind of little book club that I did with my sister and Jess, one of my best friends that was in that piece. And that provided me with a lot of joy yeah. as well. But yeah, it was sort of, you know, but I would say it was an approach of like physically doing things that I felt you know, you can't necessarily change how you're feeling, mm -hmm. but you can make, you can start doing, you know, you might not want to do those things, but you can just start trying. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, because I always draw a pay parallel with breakups or heartbreak. You might not be able to just get over someone, but you could, for instance, stop picking up their calls yeah. or like stop reaching out to them. And eventually it might help and everything might soften and, you know. Yeah. And that's how I sort of, you know, I feel like I did a lot of the right things in the last couple of years for, for me. Yeah. And perhaps it's all starting to pay dividends for me now. Yeah. But that's not to say I haven't had times of feeling lonely since lockdowns have eased and everything as well. I think it will all, I think it's, I think it's, part of the human condition which is why it kind of I think, yeah because we were all lonely before lockdown at different times and for different reasons it's not just like oh wow look at us all we're so lonely because we spent two years inside like if I've read correctly it was pretty much a pandemic on its own before lockdown and lockdown just made it worse um yeah. but maybe maybe now it's starting to be recognized I feel like I've seen I feel like we had a minister of loneliness for a couple of years like I would really try to do a bit of research into that I feel the government created one and then 
I don't know who it is now. I tweeted someone who I thought it was supposed to be it, and I haven't heard back. I feel like that that rings a bell. Yeah, it's probably been cut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I suppose they've had a few things to contend with, but we could be yes. doing with one now. <laughs> yeah. Oh. We definitely could have, but I guess all the money went on Downing Street parties. <laughs> I know. <laughs> at least they had a good time. <laughs> yeah, at least someone did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, listen, I've got one more thing to ask you, and I've underlined it because it was important to me at the time. Um, I mean, it's still important to me, but you did uh, um, like a podcast using Zoom, I think, with two other awesome women. And I have never yet managed to find the full length one. I need to find it. But you've shared a clip of it on your socials. And um, I think one of the questions that you got, uh, who don't mind me asking this, but one of the questions was about women saying, do you feel resentful of your friends that are in couples and families and things um, in lockdown, you know, being on your own? And the girl you were talking to instantly was like, no, no, because I know they're having a rough time. But you had said, God, I feel seen by that question. And I was like, I feel seen by that question because I did feel a bit resentful. Not that they weren't, um, not, not in a mean way, just like, I wish I was envious. Like I, in my head, even though I knew it was not the truth, like I did think, oh, it's better to be coupled up right now or the grass is greener or whatever. Well, I'm definitely guilty of grass is greener yes, thinking. Same. And I remember like, you know, in my last relationship, I couldn't wait to move out, <laughs> moving on my own. <laughs> and I sort of would see like the parallel, like single Laura living the time of her, uh, you know, having the time of her life. Honestly, um, actually, to be honest, like relationships were never a priority to me until my brother-in-law got sick and suddenly it gave me this urgency around life. Okay. And then lockdown, it was like this, it was like the most apparent lack in, in my life. Mm-hmm. I think I pinned a lot to it. And also, as I said, someone really broke my heart and I probably was feeling quite resentful at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also very guilty of, you know, judging how I feel inwardly, comparing it to how other people appear to be. Mm-hmm. And I know there's people, I, I try, I really think that one of the kindest things you can do to yourself is actually just not to compare. And that's probably what I was doing, but yeah, um, not. Yeah, I think she's a bigger person, <laughs> bigger, better person than me, because I definitely had a bit of grass is greener thinking. Having said that, I try really, really hard with my friends' professional and personal successes to be happy for them, yeah. because I think there's nothing less attractive than a bitter person. Yeah. I'd rather be a lonely person, a person who yeah. experiences loneliness yeah. once in a while would be the correct way to put it. I would rather be that than a bitter person. Yeah. How unattractive is that? <laughs> I know, and how miserable. That's a horrible feeling to have about anything. Yeah, you, you need to like, you know, I think people with, you can feel things and you can be a very serious person. And you can be quite a melancholy person, as I said, but you can also possess a kind of lightness. And I think that that is really incredibly attractive and you know sometimes it makes all the difference when you just go out and smile at people yes yeah I think I read some quite a good thing and I feel like it was maybe 
I feel really embarrassed that I can't remember her surname now, but the amazing author Dolly... Alderton. Alderton, yes. And she had said something, and I think someone had asked her something about, you know, it was a woman who didn't have children and was really struggling with it. And I think it was maybe talking about when her friends were having children. And it was like she was so happy for them, like super happy for them. But there was a pain. And I think she said something like say something nice to them, you know, like do something good. You just completely diffuse any kind of resentful feelings if you go and do something nice for that person that you love that maybe has this thing that you want. I thought that's really good advice. Yeah, I I mean, Dolly's great with stuff like that. And yeah, I think, you know, I think she's right. And I do think there's an element of sort of sometimes not, you know, left to my own devices, I'm sure I'd be an absolute like reactive toddler but actually sometimes doing what I believe to be the right thing mm-hmm. it, it serves me well yeah and I do think as I said to you earlier we are incredibly complicated we do contain multitudes and you can feel very happy for someone about something while perhaps feeling sad for yourself at the yeah. same time I don't see that as um a total incompatibility you know mm-hmm. it might appear to be like that but i think and it's the same way to just bring it back to loneliness you can know that you have the x y and z but not mm-hmm. necessarily feel it in that moment yeah it's really true and you can't always reason your way out of things but yeah do you think you know, I'm very lucky with my friends and family. It sounds like it sounds like they're very lucky with you. <laughs> it depends what day you ask them. <laughs> Always, <laughs> but still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Laura, I think I promised you that this was going to be a half hour, and that has almost been an hour now. So this is maybe a natural time to write this although I could talk to you all day <laughs> you too oh absolute absolute pleasure oh well I cannot thank you enough um and I feel like I want to invite you back for this again I feel like I could do this monthly but I won't I'll leave you alone but genuinely oh, um, you don't but, have to it's really important what you're doing and I'm, as I said honored to be asked well thank you you inspired me really truly to even try and do anything like this so the fact that you said you would take part in it I am super grateful and I'm off to tell all my friends and family um that we did this so genuinely thank you so much for giving time today to do this well I'm off to buy some plants um (laughs) because all the other ones have died so there you go that's my (laughs) adult behavior today <laughs> Mine are having a pretty tough time as well. I feel like I'm going yeah. over, sure, but I'm not sure if I just start to neglect them a little. <laughs> well, happy plant shopping, Laura, and thank you so much again. Thank you.